0: Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent. California license number 0518567. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated. Tricord Advisors, Inc. is a registered investment advisor. Now, here's Randy Barkley.
1: Welcome to Retirement Unlimited. This is the radio program that is dedicated to helping you make smart decisions about your money. I'm your host, Randy Barkley, and I'm the president of Tricord Advisors. Tricord is a registered investment advisory firm, and we're located in Riverside. Uh, we serve the Inland Empire. I'm a certified financial planner and we are fiduciaries. I have three additional people in my office that are also certified financial planners and one that is an attorney that helps our clients with legal and estate and other contractual things. If you'd like to know more about our firm, just go to our website, which is www.retirementunlimited.com or just simply call our office, which is 951 951- Six eight four seven zero one one. Now, every week what I do is I divide my program into three parts. The first part is what I refer to as retirement update. The second one is tactical asset management. And the third one is news you can use. Now, in the first segment of the program today, I wanna to talk about the changes that have occurred since COVID entered our life back into March of last year and what's happened thus far and the changes most likely that we're going to be um, talking about a year from now. So you got you got a lot of things on the horizon that everybody's concerned about. You know, for example, you know, again, at the bottom line, it's it's you know, it's the COVID, it's the pandemic. Is it going to mutate into something that's more resistant to the drugs that have been created to stop it? Now, that seems to be at the forefront of concern right now. E-commerce is changing retail landscape completely. Innovation is moving at such a fast pace right now, nobody can keep up with, at least the average person, can keep up with the change that's going on and kind of keep ahead of it. You know, we've got China's rise, um, its power, it's it's crushing its opposition in Hong Kong. Anybody that talks about freedom or democracy is arrested and put in prison. You've got this rise of Bitcoin, which, which for a lot of people doesn't make any sense. I've yet to find somebody that can really explain to me in succinct, simple terms what the advantage of Bitcoin is. I mean, they gave me kind of give me an idea. We've got this debt bubble. Stock prices are volatile, but yet they're moving up. We've got inequality out there. We've got, you know, we've got income. We've got racial inequality, gender inequality. We've got all these things. And then combine on top of that, put the icing on top of the cake. We got climate change. So therefore, all this mixed into a big bag, bottom line is we're going to have change coming at us. Now, for most of us, change is very difficult. It's a difficult thing to get a, get a handle on. But what I'm trying to tell you is that when you're reaching into retirement, your life is not going to be consistent when it comes to your investing philosophy. You have to have an investment philosophy that is tailored to what's going on in the world. You can't be, uh, you know, let's say like a 60-40 portfolio. But what I'm saying is, is that we are going to see all these things start to change. And it's not that the world is completely crazy, but the world is changing. For example, when COVID hit, it it, it had had a major impact upon the service industry. And it also accelerated the change that was going on in the retail industry. Now, the vast majority of the people were okay financially, but the service sector got hit extraordinarily hard. It was very, very difficult for them. But at the same point in time, we've seen other innovations changes. We've seen you know, from the e-commerce and other technology and Microsoft Teams and Zoom and DocuSign and all these other entities that have used technology. And they've done a phenomenal job. So the question is, are you prepared for what's going to happen not only in this year that we're in, with all the upheaval and all the change, are you going to be able to tolerate it? And the answer is, yeah, you are. I mean, at the end of the day, change is inevitable. It's just the speed of change that I think all of us are just trying to get a handle on. It's like we can barely get up to what we feel comfortable with. And our knowledge base gets to a certain point, and then all of a sudden they seem like they shift the sand underneath us. So, for those of us and for those of you listening to me approaching retirement, this is really, really important. It's important that you have a structure within your life that deals with this change. If you crawl into your COVID cave, so to speak, and never come out, what you're going to do is you're going to wake up and you're going to find that the world has passed you by. Therefore, we are starting to see some changes going on politically. I think for example one of the biggest things that most people are very concerned about is the debt, you know, where's the 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 extreme debt that's going on. But I think I crossed over that bridge last week when I talked about the savings rate. The savings rate has gone almost up to 3 trillion dollars since COVID started. So there's kind of an offset there. But I think where we're headed folks is that for those people that are making above $400,000 a year in taxable income, you're gonna see more taxes. And those people that are making substantially less, let's say like $40,000 or less, they're probably gonna see more benefit. So imagine in your mind like a teeter-totter. And if you're at either end of the spectrum, in other words, at at the extreme ends of the planks on the teeter-totter, you're probably going to see the effects, either positive or negative. But if you're more towards the middle, the effects are going to be somewhat but they're not going to be dramatic so i think that's where we're headed right now i think we're headed into a political environment an economic environment that the people that have received the great benefit from all this growth over the last several decades they're probably going to end up being taxed more for it now how that's going to play out i don't know but if you've accumulated a lot of money now most of my clients are not billionaires i have a lot of clients that are millionaires but even with that standpoint i don't think you're going to see a lot of change i think you're going to see because it, the taxation is going to be more based on income than it is based upon your assets but i can tell you this since 1970 86% of the growth in assets has gone to 1% of the population and what we're seeing is there is a dis, there is a complete disruption in the in the income across in other words we're losing our middle class You know, if we go back to Henry Ford, when he started building uh, cars back in the early, early 1900s, um, what's happening, what he did is he doubled his his workers pay because his thinking was that if you if the person who's on the assembly line cannot afford the car that I'm building, then something's wrong with the economy of scale. And so what he did is he increased the salary. Now, a lot of people thought he was crazy. Andrew Carnegie thought he had jumped off the cliff. But at the same point in time, what Henry Ford realized is the economy has to support the middle class. So therefore, I think what we're going to see, again, in that teeter-totter example, I think what we're going to see is more taxation. We're going to see higher benefits paid out to those people at the lower end of the economic scale. And there's probably going to be some redistribution of wealth. Now, what that's going to look like and how that comes about, I think it's going to be, it's going to be a fight and a struggle because not everybody is going to be on board for this. But the more that we see the social agenda that's out there right now, again, going back to my earlier comment, we have change coming. I don't think the change is going to be devastating, but I think it's something that we have to be aware of and be on guard for. So again, if you'd like to talk more about this, give me a call, phone number is 951-684-7011. Stay tuned for my next section. I'm gonna talk about tactical asset management. the measure of the new year. I mean, we're heading into 2021 and there's nothing calm about it. There's nothing sedate about the start of this year. Everything seems to be an upheaval. But I want I to be a voice of reason and encouragement out there because I do believe that things will start to settle down. Um, the sun will come out, you know, to paraphrase a song. I think that um, what we have right now, of course, and I've talked about this for the weeks, weeks leading up to now is that covid is our biggest enemy. I mean, the virus clearly I I, I don't know about you, but I I it's been a year of loss in 2020. I've lost some friends, some clients, some dear people because of covid. And it it's real and it it has it has its, had its impact in a negative way. On the other hand, I do believe that the pharmaceutical companies have come up with a treatment and I think in addition to that there's other things that we can do to protect ourselves. So we'll get past it. But this first quarter of 2021 is gonna be somewhat volatile when it comes to investing because we're gonna have on again, off again, um, You know, either tragedy or encouragement, however you wanna look at it. But again, the economy, the underlying economy is still continuing to grow. So at the end of the day, we have to take a good strong measure of how this is gonna unfold for us going into 2021. I think, you know, we've talked about, you know, trying to describe the economy in the sense of a, a letter, like a is it a is it a V, is it a U, is it a W? I, I, I think I think the more that I read, the more I understand the economy really is a K recovery. And what I mean by that is the people that have money and jobs and assets, they're recovering very quickly. In fact, they probably haven't missed a beat. But those people at the service sector, the lower end of the economic scale, particularly their income, they've suffered dram- dramatically. So therefore we are having a widening of the, of the, of the have to have nots. And we're destroying the middle class based upon how our structure is right now going forward. Therefore, kind of uh, coupling on to what I talked about in the first segment, is I think we're going to see social change and the political outcome means that we're probably going to see a higher taxation rate for those people that are in the higher income, the higher asset class. Again, since since the early 70s, almost 90% of the wealth that has been accumulated has gone to the top 1% of the population. That means the vast majority of the people have not participated in the increase of assets and stocks and real estate and such as that. And I think as society, that's really problematic because what you're doing, let me explain to you. When wealthy, get more money, they typically save it, they don't spend it. When people that are marginal or middle class or lower, when they get more money, they spend it. It goes back to the thing I referred to in the first segment, when Henry Ford was building cars, he, took, he looked at his employees, and he said, every employee should have the ability to buy a car that we're manufacturing coming off the line. He literally doubled his employee salary. So therefore by doing that, what he did is he said, he said, every person has the ability to buy the car that comes off the end of this assembly line. What he did is he, he he enhanced and he grew the middle class. Now, he took a lot of hits. He took a lot of criticism for doing this, but it was not inflationary. It didn't destroy the economy. And it more importantly, it didn't destroy the profits of his company. But what it did is it enhanced consumption because people had more money to spend because people at the lower end of the economic scale when they get more income, they, oftentimes they don't save it. They put it in the bank. I mean, excuse me, they consume it. And by consumption, that means it goes back into the economy and then it goes and it starts to stimulate obviously the growth of the economy going forward. Now, again, it, I look at this and everything has to be done in balance. And of course, I don't trust Washington to do anything in balance. I don't trust Sacramento to do anything in balance. But I do look at the situation that we're in right now and what's going on within our economy and how it's affecting our people. So I think going forward, I think we have a K economy. So the letter K refers to you know again the top end getting the vast majority of the benefit of the asset classes. Again, that's why we don't have inflation, folks. We don't have inflation because the rich they they get their they get their money and they just set it aside as financial. So if there was a higher demand for the basic products than what we have right now, it would start to cause inflation. But right now we don't see that. So with these lower interest rates, that money is being shifted into stocks and it's being shifted into real estate, but it's not being shifted into consumable products. And that's why we don't have inflation. Now to come out of this and to deal with the debt that we've piled on It's gonna have to be done very carefully and it's gonna have to be done, again, going back to my comment earlier, it's like a teeter-totter. As you start to decrease the amount of bonds that the government is buying, then that means that people are gonna start moving money out of their savings and going back into more consumables. I think we're going to see a tax policy change. I don't know how we're gonna get out of this without having some kind of tax policy change. It happened at the end of World War II when when we borrowed a lot of money. And by doing that, you know, from the 19, late 1940s up until the early 1960s, we had a much higher income tax rate. And yet America still had phenomenal growth during the 60s, during the, during the 50s and the early part of the 60s. So therefore, what I'm saying is, I think we're going to see a change. The other thing that happened, the other thing that happened dramatically, and that was the shift from defined benefit plans in the late 70s, early 80s, to defined contribution plans. So that's when they went away from pensions and they went into 401k type plans. And the, and the average worker got, got decimated because of it, because they didn't have the knowledge base, they didn't have the discipline, they didn't have the instruction on how to best to invest their money, and they were very short-sighted. And also the contributions that they made were voluntary. So on the other side, when we had defined benefit plans, the companies put this money aside. They took it out of their profits, but they kind of controlled the wages and everything else kind of balanced out. But when we did it, all of a sudden companies made phenomenal growth within their profits because they're not having to put money into these defined benefit plans. But now we have a working force that is so behind on the amount of money that they need for retirement. It, it, it really is a serious problem, folks. So as we go forward, we need to address some of these issues. And I think that's what we're going to see as we move further and further into 2021. Some of the changes are going to be difficult for people. But at the end of the day, if it's done correctly, it could be really beneficial long term. So I think we're going to see more infrastructure. We're going to see more uh, corporations that will be in joint relationship with government to be able to compete with China. I think we're going to see that across the board. So therefore, what you're investing in has to be flexible enough and not just your tried and trues but flexible enough to understand where the where the economy is going to grow and it's going to accelerate going past 2021 and through the rest of this decade you have to be reflective and you have to be able to look at what is going on and where the where the money is going to be made for example if you've invested all your money in retail and you were one of those people says you know the store that i've been going to and i i i've i've honored for the last from almost my entire life, all of a sudden now that store has disappeared. Look at the number of retail stores that literally have diminished or are gone over the last 10 to 20 years. That is going to continue. That is not going to just stop once we get past COVID. But what I'm saying is the economy is changing and is shifting over to a different type of consumption. These are the things that we talk about. These are the things that we research. These are the things that are we are we're trying to keep ahead of all the time. If you'd like to talk to me, give me a call. My phone number is 951-684-7011. Remember, the first interview is always free. Stay tuned for my next section. I'm going to talk about news you can use.
0: It's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer.
1: Welcome back. This is the section of the program that I refer to as news you can use. You know, this this COVID this whole virus thing has, I mean, everybody I've talked to, and I'm sure you're the same way that I am. People are at all ends of the spectrum. You have some people that say it is complete hoax. They're not, they're not social distancing. They're not wearing masks. And then I have other people who I literally call it the COVID cave. They go into their cave and they haven't come out in months. I mean, I haven't seen them. I don't know where they're at. I know they're in there because they keep eating the food, so to speak, but um, they have literally disappeared from society. And so the question is, is what can you do to have some kind of normality in your life. I mean, we still have COVID, the vaccines are coming out, but it's gonna be a while yet before we get inoculation. And there are, of course, that's group of populace that says, I'm never gonna get a shot. You know, I don't know how that's gonna play out as far as preventing or slowing down the virus or increasing the spread of it. But at the end of the day, you should be able to be aware of what you can do to protect yourself in case you get it. And there's an article that I clipped out of the newspapers back in November. And it's, the article says, too much caution is killing COVID patients. Now, this is not just an opinion letter. This is written by Joseph Latipo. And Joseph is a doctor. He's an associate professor at UCLA um, School of Medicine. So he's not just um, somebody who's coming off with an opinion. But he, what he's saying is, is that normal protocol Physicians feel uncomfortable unless there is a mainstream prescription for treatment. He said, so a lot of these things that people are advocating, you know, for prevention or preventative care, he said they aren't in the mainstream, but he said there's been enough testing going on like hydrochloroquine and some of the other things that are, that have been touted from the very beginning of the viral um, epidemic last year. But he's saying there is enough scientific proof that it does prevent and also it will save lives. Now, he doesn't say in this article it's 100% foolproof, but what I think is important in this article, and I'd be more than happy to send this out to you, is that there are treatments out there that will help to reduce uh, the impact of the virus in case you should get it. There's some things you should do maybe as prevention, and there's some things that you should do if you get it. Now of course, you need to coordinate this with your physician. So if you have a physician who is in like mind to come alongside of you and help you, he said this is the best way for you to accomplish a treatment path. Now again, this article it 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 doesn't is not a replacement of having information directly from your doctor. But at the same point in time, what I wanted to do is to arm you with information so you can make better decisions about your treatment of health. Every person is slightly different. And as we hear about it from this coronavirus, people that are older, that are in nursing homes, it seems to be really a deadly disease in that particular environment. But people that are younger, like under under 30 years of age or even younger than that, it doesn't seem to have the same impact. Although at the same point in time, I don't want to get it and I don't want to give it. So therefore, I'm doing everything I can in my power to make sure that I am COVID-free. But at the same point in time, if I should get it, I want to have knowledge about how best to treat it and the conversation that I I would have with my doctor. So if you'd like to have a copy of this article, it's called Too Much Caution is Killing COVID Patients. I'll be more than happy to send you out a free reprint of it. Arm yourself with information. Make good choices, good decisions, about your life going forward in 2021. Anything you've heard on the program today, whether it just be in the news you can use or any of the other segments, you can call me at my office at 951-684-7011. I'd be more than happy to send out information to you or set an appointment. You know, We'd like to be more than happy to sit down and talk with you. We can do it on a Microsoft Teams meeting or do it over the phone. Go to www.retirementunlimited.com for more information about our company, Until next week, folks, may you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening.